everyone. It's your girl Trinice from American Idol, and I am encouraging you to tune into the Michael Finkley Show on Roku TV and YouTube. Just to see a brighter side, 'cause I've been working all my life just to make it, just to make it. And so I was pondering on the thought of back in 2019 when I had to have emergency surgery. Doctors knew, didn't know anything that was wrong with me. They did all the type of tests. Two days later, they realized that I had to have surgery. They went me twice in two days. And then shortly after, I was let go to go back home and rest. And during that time period, at the end of 2019, I began to feel this feeling that I've never felt before. I just wanted to be by myself. I didn't want any type of interaction. And it got worse. I quit my job. I moved away because I felt that I needed a new beginning. That was the downroll spot of me being depressed. Then I never felt that way before, but I finally had to put a name to it because it was a place that I've never been and a place that I would never want to be again. And so as time went on, I began to rebuild myself um, to the person you see before you. I wanted to give up at one point. I really, really, really did. But something on the inside of me, that unction, that drive, that dedication, that determination, would not allow me to do so. The voice of God told me, literally as clear as day, don't stop. Don't stop moving. Don't stop moving. I don't care if you have to crawl. You're still moving. And so as I began to ponder on those words that God has spoken to me, I began to just keep going, even when I didn't want to. I had to keep going. I had to keep pushing myself. And so it pushed me into where I am today. And I'm so thankful and grateful that I did not have to give up. I did not have to settle for what... I want it to be, right? I didn't have to settle, didn't have to. And still to this day, I'm not settling. I'm always aiming higher, higher, higher. Really want that. Our guests today have similar experiences. They did not let their circumstances stop them to get into where they wanted to be in life. We have Chaz Jackson, and we also have Shawnee Scott with us. And don't forget our Black History Moment with Anthony Bryant. Another show you don't want to miss. Join us. We'll be right back. Next, we chat with Shawnee Scott. We'll be right back. On the next Michael Finkley. From Cycle 20 of America's Next Top Model, we have Adam Bird and Renee Bagwanine. Next Finkley. Monday. Calling all trio, gear up, jag, and other college readiness organizations. Hello everybody, it's Finkley with the Finkley Experience. I am here to offer you information about our college readiness cohort series. This college readiness series includes college applications, SAT, ACT prep, scholarships, financial aid, the mental mind state, 
HBCU versus PWI versus technical colleges, and so much more. You know this is helpful because it's actually like making me change my college plan. Really? If you're interested, visit our website at thethinkleagueexperience.com or just email us at michael at thethinkleagueexperience.com. We're looking forward to working with you. Welcome back to the Michael Finkley Show. Now, our next guest, she is an author. She's an actress. She is a radio personality herself. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Shadi Scott. Shadi! <laughs> yes, that's Shadi, girl. <laughs> How are you? I'm great, and I'm happy to be on your show, Michael. Oh, thank fun. you. Oh, Thank you so much. And your presence makes it that much more worthwhile today. We appreciate you. So, Shawnee, you have the golden voice. Do when I? did you? Yes, you. That's what that's what the people keep telling me. You that's got the golden say. voice. That's what they say. That's what they be saying. That's what I that's what I heard in the street. They be like, oh, Shawnee. Yeah, I knew it. They say you got the voice. But when did you? <laughs> She'll take it. When did you find out that you had this voice? I know other people knew before you, but when did you find out? I didn't realize it till I was about, I was probably about 18 years in the game. Mm -hmm. 18 years into the business before really? it clicked that, girl, this is you. This is your lane. This is your calling. Because I went to college and majored in radio, television, film, though, uh, communications. My concentration was RTV. And film. Okay, I did that because I thought I wanted to be an actress and I thought that would get me there. I thought, okay, I'll go get this degree. I will um, be an anchor on the news and then I'm going to be this big act actress like Angela Bassett. Okay, then I got to college and I realized, oh, no, 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 this is not the way. And I ended up getting an intern and a job um, my freshman year. I was only 17 with KVSP radio, AM radio in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And I was a reporter for the Black Chronicle newspaper. And, th and there it just started. And radio just continued to grow and grow and grow and grow. Mm -hmm. And eventually I realized, I don't, I don't think I want to be an actress. Not like that in Hollywood. I like talking about them. Mm -hmm. And not in a negative way, but you know, I like giving the information about them. Mm -hmm. And so I was about 18 years into radio when I realized, no, this is your night. This this is it. This is this is this is a sweet spot. This is where you need to stay. Wow. wow. That's that's actually amazing because sometimes even in careers, you know, people don't find that light bulb moment like, oh, this is what I need to be. Oh. Some people are still trying to figure that out. But you found as you went along, you found out that you, you loved this type of career, this type of passion, this type of industry. I love it. And so in 1994, you began radio, your radio career. What was your first station? Where were you? Um, KBSP. KBSP okay. AM 1040, 1040 AM radio in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And I started as an intern. Gotcha. So I didn't start gotcha. I was just on the mic. No, I started as an intern. I was the gopher. I was running, getting this, that, and the other, writing liners. Maybe I got to read um, a script for a commercial every now and then. Uh, and then when I actually was able to crack the mic the mm -hmm. first time, oh, wow, that's a long time ago. 
So I, I think I'm not skipping a station, but I think the first time that I actually cracked the mic and had my own show was at 10.40 a.m. KBGR in Dallas, Texas, owned by mm. Morganson Broadcasting Company. And I started there part-time in 97. Mm-hmm. And then I moved up to their promotions director. And yeah. then I got promoted to program director. And then I ultimately, ultimately became the operations manager at the age of, I think I was about 19 or 20. Gotcha. Gotcha. And what type of success from that span of time did you see? Yeah, wow. It's amazing because I didn't really see it. Like now looking back on it, I can see mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Oh, Sonny, you know, you were really, you were really doing it because to be an ops manager at 1920 is, you know, that's unheard of in a major market in Dallas, market mm-hmm. number five, really. Um, but one thing that I did while I was there, 1040 AM, it's an AM station. And at that time we were in Dallas, we were on um, Arbitron. People still had to fill out diaries. So they sent these books to your house that you had to fill out and say, what your favorite radio station was. Mm-hmm. At the time when I started with KGGR, our competition was KHVN. Okay. Other, Heaven 97, the other gospel station in Dallas. That was AM as well. Mm-hmm. Well, K Heaven was beating us, but during the time I was there with a lady by the name of Kenya Miller, she's now Kenya, um, Kenya Crawford and she's a singer we were able to turn that around. And so KGGR became the number one gospel station in Dallas and K heaven fell behind us. While I was at GGR, I also worked for CBS radio. Okay. And usually they don't allow you to do that. You can't work with just two stations in the Mm. same market. But I went to CBS radio as a sales assistant. And I did that because I understood the programming side and what sounded good on the mic, but I didn't understand how to make money. Mm-hmm. And I had this sales um, director at GGR, uh, Mr. Cal, rest in, in peace, he died a couple of years ago, but he would always tell me, he'd be like, baby, it's about the money, not the money. And I'd be like, what, what, what are you saying, that? sir? It's about the money, not the money, it's the money. It's all the money. And he said, no, 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 no. It's about the money, not the money. So at CBS Radio, I worked under David Henry. He was our um, general manager and I was his direct sales assistant. So I built all the sales packages for all of the salespeople. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Henry and Mr. Henry would pull me in his office. And I, I remember the first talk we had, because one reason why I was being radio, because I didn't have to dress up like this. I put my hair in ponytail, I wear a t-shirt and my sweatpants, tennis shoes and go, you know. I showed up to work at this corporate office. CBS, mm-hmm. okay, KGGR, them, those are all black folks, okay? Okay. CBS Radio, I'm the only black folk, okay? Oh. All right. And I'm, and I'm only 19, 20 years old, okay? Whoa. So, Mr. Henry, I showed up one day with a, it, I had on a Tom Joyner t-shirt, and it was all wrinkled, like I, like I had just pulled it out the dryer, and I had some gray sweatpants that I still have to this day that my family hates, but they're comfortable. And I showed up to work and sat out at my desk and started working. And he was like, well, he didn't call me Shawnee. He just, he called me by my first name. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. say, he said, um, can you come in my office, please? And he said, now, 
you're very talented and you're really smart and I'm going to let you work here. He said, I you usually wouldn't do this because you're the ops manager at another station and I'm letting you work here and you're learning everything here and I'm going to teach you how to win and I'm going to teach you how to make that station win. He said, but when you come to work, you, you can't come to work dressed like this. You know, this is an office. You have to be professional. And I said, well, Mr. Henry, it's radio. No one sees us. And he's like, no, you don't know who's going to see you. That's the thing. And from and I took that everything he taught me, and I, I um, and I credit him and Mr. Cal for you know my success after that because then I understood, okay, this is how programming and sales have to work together because of this. Right. And as the jock and as the personality, if I can be more lenient with my sales and help them, then we can all acquire success. Mm-hmm. So I can get to the not that regular paycheck that I get, but the real money. Right. You know. Oh wow. Amazing. Lessons learned, right? <laughs> Lessons learned. And I feel that I taught you how to be that competitive person that I've heard so many people say that within this industry that's needed. Everyone wants to be number one. Or some people call it a shiny level. Yes. It's over number yes. one. Yes. <laughs> and so how would you describe your work ethic within this time frame and even to present day? My work ethic was completely, absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's still crazy. If you are someone that wants to have a family and you want to have children and you want to have a social life, my work ethic is not what you want because mm-hmm. it's not going to get you any of that. And you probably will not be successful in those areas. Mm-hmm. Okay, because work, work, everything was always work, 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 work. If if me and my girlfriends went out, that night turns into work for me. I made a deal with somebody somewhere about wow. work. <laughs> I speak personally, it's in, and I find myself still doing that now. And I try not to. I try not to since I've had kids. Uh, well, you know they're they're twelve and ten now. And oh, I'm starting God. to go down. But if you talk to my kids, they don't turn it into money. They're they are going to turn the conversation. The children. Oh. The children. Yeah. So I, I I grew up being told that I could do anything. Yeah. And, and the thing about it, my mom had a really big, uh, she, she's, she's the most influential person in my life. If anybody was going to influence me, it was my mom. And whatever my mama told if my mama told me that the sky was purple, mm-hmm. the sky was purple. And she always told me, you can do whatever you want. You can be whoever you want. Whatever you want to accomplish, you can do it. So when someone tells me no, it's like, what? No, I don't understand. No. Which could be a good thing, you know, or it can be a bad thing. So you, you yeah. have to find balance and that's what i've learned over the years is the balance because you don't want to just work 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 yourself and everything is work because then you realize oh you know what this company that i work for that i'm working so hard to be number one for i'm trying to make them number one i want to remain number one if i drop dead today they're gonna keep right on going that's it that's it 
And so at times in life, I feel that too, even though we know this present day, but as we go through the experience of life, right, the flow of life, we have to learn those things sometimes the hard way. So I must ask you this question, are you living because you're dying or were you dying because you were living? Well, Back in 2000, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, now I'm living because I'm dying. But all mm-hmm. of this time before I was dying because I was living. Dying gotcha. And yep. men, most of the time, hypertension is a problem in men. But I, I think they need to do another study on that in women. Because I feel mm-hmm. like if, if the stroke wouldn't have happened, if the heart attack wouldn't have happened, if breast cancer wouldn't have happened, you know, those are things that made me stop and pause and say, okay, wait, you know, Sean, what you doing? You know, what are you doing? We kind of got to get this together because yeah. I don't have high blood pressure. I don't have diabetes. I don't have any ailments. I work out, you know, we eat healthy. So mm-hmm. there's no issue for all of this to happen other than just, you know, a little knock on the door, like, hey, slow it down. So now yeah. start enjoying life. And that, that's what I would say. That if I could go back and change anything, I would have enjoyed life more instead of being so focused on work, 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 work. Now I'm enjoying life. I still work a lot, but not as much. Gotcha. And what is your definition of enjoying life? What does that look like for Shani? Enjoying life is, number one, not worrying about what anybody else has to say. Now, that doesn't mean just because you're not worried about what they say that, you know, you're not just out here all willy-nilly man you still you know need to keep it together and um have some decorum about yourself right but when i make a decision it's my decision and i own it and mm-hmm. i don't have a problem you know giving a reason why i've done whatever it was that i was going to do i definitely take time to spend with my daughters right. you know my daughters are are um they're number one they're number yeah. one Family time is the best time. And that's what this winter storm has brought us to again. We got to spend some extra time together. And I'm not ashamed mm-hmm. of my daughters. I don't try to hide them. Or, you know, if, if there's an event that I have to be at, guess what? I tell them in the writer, my daughters have to come too. They, you need something because I have to look at them. If, if my mama can't keep them, if my mama can't keep them while I'm coming to do whatever I'm doing for you, yeah. they have to be right there with me. I don't care what kind of event it is. I have to see my kids. Gotcha. I love that. I love that. They are number one. They're number one. And I love that aspect of you saying that. And so back in 2010, you had the stroke, right? Back in 2014, uh, you had the heart attack. 2016 was breast cancer, but you overcame in December of 2017. So in all of this illness, all of that that went through your body, what did that support system look like for you as you were going through your trial, your night? Well, with the stroke, it was my mom at the time, my mom, my cousin. And at the time I was married because so I, I had the stroke after I had the baby girl. I, I had her on the April 27th, um, May 2nd, I believe it was, is when I went into the hospital with the stroke. So she was on like five days old or something like that. So that was my support system um, for that. And then with everything else, my mom was always there, my cousin, uh, my best friends, you know, Tamara and Duela, uh were always there. And the biggest thing they wanted me to do was slow down. Okay. But see, I had a stroke. And when I, when I awoke from my coma that I was in after two weeks, um, 
the first thing that I said, the first thing I said in ICU was, I can't, because I remember my cousin was standing on this side of me. She was on this side of the bed, and I think my mom was there. I can't remember, but I know my cousin was there, and I said, I can't believe y'all let me lay up here smelling like this. This is this is awful. <laughs> and so the nurse um, came in because I was complaining. I wanted to take a bath. And, and for about two days, we went back and forth. I was like, listen, I don't want, don't bring me no pot with water in it. I want a bath. I couldn't walk. I didn't know. I didn't know. And so they, um, when they finally got me up and, you know, cause I was just adamant about it. So they finally got me out of the bed and set me up. And when I went to stand, that's when I found out, oh, this is the problem. I said, but y'all don't have to put a chair or something in that shower. Cause I ain't getting back in a bit, change them sheets. <laughs> do look, because after you lay there like that, all of the toxins in your body start coming, you know, gotcha. through your and whatnot. So gotcha. that was that with breast cancer. Um, my kids were very supportive. My kids and my mom, my cousins. Mm -hmm. So I can't say that I didn't have a team. I mean, I had a team every step of the way. I, I always have people that are supporting me, rooting for me, you know, uh, cheering me on to come through. I don't, and then I don't fall into that, oh, woe is me. I, you know, I can't walk. I can't read. I can't talk. Cause we have to learn all of these skills right. again. Right. Um, oh, I, you know, you're gonna have to cut my breast off. And, and, so, and, and with cancer, I'll say this, um, each survivor goes through that in their way. So, I, you know, I just respect how whoever goes through that, how they go through it. For me, I was fighting the cancer. I was like, oh, you coming to fight me? Oh, I'm going to fight you. Because I have two kids yeah. that I want to be with. And mm -hmm. you got one year to stay in this body. And that's it. Wow. Determination. Because you saw it in a big, the bigger picture. The bigger picture. I love that. And you were able to tell your tale at doing your TED Talk um, at Mountain View College. How was that just standing there being so vulnerable and just sharing something so personal? Um, the TED Talk experience was amazing with Mountain View College. They have an amazing staff, an amazing committee that puts that on. They're very supportive. They hold your hand and help you through all the way. It was challenging for me because at the time, I was going through a domestic violence issue that no one knew about. And I did, I hadn't said anything. And the, the abuser was there. <laughs> he was there. So it was, um, it was interesting, but I got through it. I got through it. And I said, you know, next time I'm going to do a TED talk on domestic violence. <laughs> but um, that was when, when I did the TED talk, I was like, oh, girl. We done made it. <laughs> we made it. Call Oprah. Tell them to roll out the red carpet. <laughs> Come on through. Come on. 
Oh, I love that. Oh, wow. And it was very encouraging to listen to. Um, very inspiring as well. It's something that I myself want to do myself. So just seeing others kind of pursue it and what they're doing and, and talking that element, it's just so fantastic to see. And so you, I feel like if you open up a dictionary and you look up the word survivor, they will have a picture of you because you went through the ringer, but you're still smiling through it. What are you currently working on now? Well, currently I am, um, I started my own streaming platform, Media Room 360 TV. You can find it in any app store. Mm -hmm. Go there, type in Media Room 360 TV, download the app. And right now we have four shows that we currently run. We have Talking Mails in the morning that comes on Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. ish Central Standard Time. This is the blackest morning show in the whole wide world because you know sometimes we start at 10 it might be 10 10 it might be 10 15 but 10 ish somewhere I, in I, I saw that it was like ish i'm like so that means it don't start on time <laughs> yeah, you know, we, sometimes we don't you know sometimes it's, there's some issues there um but the, the oh. biggest thing is the my the my i hate to say co-host because he's not my co-host we both yeah. host the show right um he is a program director. He's actually programming a station that I programmed. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's like a little brother. Um, I've kind of mentored him through part of his career, not his whole career, because he, gotcha. he started on, but, you know, I'm always there encouraging him, like, yeah, because when he got the call for the show, he called me, I mean, for that position, he called me, he was like, well, you know, how do you feel about me taking it? Boy, you better take it, because that ain't my job. That's your job now. Right. I ain't trying to go back, you know, and even if I was, you go get that. I'm going to tell you everything on the backside. So that comes on in the morning. Then we have Antoinette Antoine out of North Carolina. She does recipe for conversation every Thursday at 11 Mm a.m. Every Monday through Friday, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. We have Big Bink's Break Room podcast. And then every Friday, a show that is really just blowing up. We have Muck and Killer Talking Black. This is a show that is about Black people talking to Black people Uh about being Black. Yes. Yes. And And their topics are based off of um, a gentleman by the name of Neely. I hope I'm saying his name right. Neely Fuller Jr. I believe is his last name. Okay. And he he focuses on nine characteristics that uh, we as Black people should be concerned with. Amazing. Yes. Amazing. So, yeah. And then we have churches that broadcast with us. So they run their sur- Sunday services and Wednesday and Thursday services with us. I love it. Growth. Growth mm-hmm. is among you. So I must ask, Shani, you have done so much in your life. Uh, you're still young. You're like the same age, you know, we're still like the same age, you know, you're so young. So what, how do you want to be remembered? How do you want to be remembered? How do you want to be viewed? I would like to be viewed as a person that always had an open mind because I think, I I don't believe there's two sides to every story. Okay. There's only one truth. Okay. You have your opinion. I have my opinion. And then there is the truth. There is, and, and we have to focus on the truth, but in order to get to the truth or what the truth is for us, we have to be able to respect the opposing opinion. 
And I want to be remembered as that person that could always respect the opposing opinion. I might not agree with you, but I can respect it. And then I also believe that we should be um, more focused on, you know, growing and not necessarily the success, the fame, the money right away. We can get to that, but we got to build a foundation. I'm the person that wants to, I, I want to help build a foundation. I'm not the whole foundation. I need other people to come on with me so we can build this foundation, get it solid, and then everybody, you know, reap in the benefit of that. That's definitely, I love that. I love that. Amazing. How can they find you on social media? Oh, wow. Listen, y'all can find me on social media. On Facebook, I am Shawnee Scott. On Instagram, you can find me as Shawnee Scott on air. Um, what other that? TikTok, you can find me as Shawnee Scott. <laughs> yes, I'm TikToking. Listen, I have videos that have 13,000 views, so go check them out. And then again, the main thing, make sure you download my app, Media Room 360 TV. Just go in your app store, type that in. And on all social media platforms, we are Media Room 360. That's all of them. Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok. Did I forget any? Oh, Twitch, Media Room 360. Yes, come on, Twitch. YouTube. I love it, YouTube. I got it. And all your, all your information is in the description below. Shawnee Scott, everyone, survivor, speaker, Arthur, radio personality. She is all of that and more. Shawnee Scott, thank you for being with us today. You are welcome. And if you are watching, make sure you hit that subscribe button below and make sure you subscribe to Michael's show. Make sure you subscribe. Don't just watch and run. Watch it's not it. a watch and dash. That's it. That's it. We appreciate you. Right back. <laughs> Coming up, we have Chaz Jackson. We'll be right back. What's up, y'all? I'm Leon Frierson, former cast member from Nickelodeon's All That and co-host of the Prime Nostalgia Podcast. And I'm here to ask you to join me in watching the Michael Finkley Show weekly on YouTube. Now, I've been on the show, so I definitely know it's a platform where you'll be educated, informed, and inspired. Now, don't forget to subscribe, and I'll see you on YouTube. and she is a multitasker. She is a wife, a mom. She is city councilwoman. She, yeah. When I was growing up, mom worked outside the house and so my dad was an entrepreneur. I saw him leaving early in the morning or late at nights to go meet with clients. And he was always one who told me, you know, if you show up on time, you're late. I just admire how she's able to not only juggle the demands of her jobs, but keep her family really first. The outstanding thing about the Isaac family is their noble contributions to improving the quality of life for our Colombians and people all over the state. Aye. I, Tamika Isaac, do Solomon swear. Discharge the duties thereof, so help me God. So help me God. Congratulations and thank you. 
I first ran because I saw a need, I saw a void that needed to be filled, a voice uh, that wasn't there. And over the last several years, I feel like I've been able to be that voice. So often as women in whatever spaces that we're in, um, we are often discounted because we're a mom or we're a wife or we have this career and she's an everyday woman who shows women what excellence looks like. She has walked the walk of being a small business person, of being a parent, of sending her kids to school. Columbia is a great place and we have done a lot in the last few years as far as law enforcement. But law enforcement can't do everything, nor should it do everything. We have to really expand upon the tools, technology, and community policing, investing in our communities uh, so that law enforcement is a partner with our communities. Being a Columbia native, I've seen the way this city has grown. It's grown to the point that sometimes not everybody's been a part of that growth. I want to make sure that communities, specifically communities of color, make sure that they are part of Columbia's present and its future. I want to have a climate plan for this city that not only helps us be sustainable, but also helps provide opportunities for folks in the workforce. There are so many opportunities to take advantage of technology, uh, green energy. I want to be the advocate for growing our city and being on the forefront, not just looking at what other cities are doing and following them, but being the leader. If you don't have the right leadership, you're going to miss a lot of opportunities. I think having a woman as mayor of the city of Columbia is long overdue. I'm Tamika Isaac Devine, and I'm running for mayor of the city of Columbia. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Michael Finkley Show. Our next guest, he is an author. He's a speaker. He's host of Gift in a Gift podcast. It is Chaz Jackson. Chaz, how are you? I'm on the Michael Finkley Show. Look at that. Hey, I'm so, this has been the highlight of my day, Michael. And thank you so much for allowing me to be on this amazing show. Whoever's viewing this right now, go ahead, like, subscribe, comment. I'm going to go ahead and just go out on a limb. This is an amazing individual, and I'm excited to see how God's using you with this platform. So, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Oh, thank you, son. And that really, really, from the depths of my heart, it means a lot coming from you. Knowing you as an individual and your, and your faith and what you stand for and how determined you are and dedicated to what you do, that really means a lot. So I appreciate it, bro. I really do appreciate those words. Um Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So growing up in North Carolina, right, in the 80s, right, um, in a low-income area, how was that time for you? That is a great question. And for me, growing up Far City, North Carolina, uh, most of the time when I tell people the the town that I grew up in, they were like, where is that at? So to give you a picture, who I was listening, I get that all the if, you time. Charlotte, <laughs> if you heard of Charlotte, we're, we're like right in between Charlotte and Asheville, North Carolina. But uh, to answer your question, Michael, uh, growing up in that low income environment, that unstable environment, you know, it, it, it played a huge impact on my childhood as many of us have our, our stories. And for me, you know, Whenever I work with young people or adults in general, you know, I always say this. I say your life 
is the story that you tell yourself. Yeah. And when I think about me growing up in varsity, being in an unstable environment where, you know, I grew up as early as the age of five and thinking of my daughter, Zuri, because she's five right now. So I'm picturing her face, uh, me being that age, seeing drugs and alcohol, uh, being playing a huge uh, structure of my environment, as well as, you know, domestic violence, sexual violence, to be honest with you. You know, and, and going through a stage starting even at that age of dealing with bullying and a lot of things are just pretty much negative, <laughs> to be honest. You know, my, my family, they did the best they knew how to get me to where I am today or to get me through my childhood. But I, I personally feel that throughout my upbringing, you know, it created some poor social skills for me looking back with what I know now. And it also, you know, created some times where I truly did not know how to find my true identity. That made sense. I was linking the things outside of myself to truly uh -huh. discover who Chaz Jackson was because it wasn't something those, those, those techniques that we, we preach as far as personal development, it wasn't taught to me at an early age. So, right. you know, a, a lot of, you know, that poor social skills, low self-esteem, low self-worth was created as early as the age of five and me carrying those things throughout my teenage years and all the way up into my adulthood to where I truly started to figure out, you know, growing up in that environment, it creates traumas and dramas, as, mm -hmm. as we all know. And, and, and there were some wounds that was created, Michael, to be honest with you, that was never mm -hmm. truly dealt with. So, and as I was gr growing through all the way up into my adulthood, I truly did not learn uh, good tips and techniques, uh, solutions to, to fix those wounds until I got uh, into my 20s, 25 to be exact. And that's uh, when my life began to transform. That is amazing. And, and I'm so glad you brought that up um, uh, as well, Chaz, because a lot of things we go through in life, Right. The the bullying, as you said, the low self-esteem, the low confidence. And and you mentioning that reading something about you as well, that substance abuse played a part um, in that as well for yourself. And so if we don't deal with it as a child or someone assisting with us as a child, we bring those things into our adulthood, right? And so we do exactly. it on that level. So we have a problem with what, how we look, how we love, how people perceive us. And it's just an entire mess. But it kind of turned around for you, as you said, at 25 years old. What was that turning point? What did that look like for you? So it was actually an event that happened to me. So uh, for the viewers, um, you know, imagine waking up to a car horn behind the wheel of a car. You know, I passed out. Mm -hmm. uh, by the grace of God, I was able to turn the wheel to the right and I crashed into a wooden gate. I'm glad, you know, that was a potential moment where my life could have dramatically even changed even more because yeah. I was in a position to kill myself or kill that individual that was driving. But by the grace of God, I was able to crash into that gate. But the law was called, I was arrested on site, and I was put in that situation, Michael, because I was driving under the influence I had been drinking. And that was something, even going back to whenever I was discussing some of those wounds that was not truly dealt with in my childhood. Uh, you know, I grew up in a, a culture and an environment where, you know, when you have those wounds, when, when there are not feelings, you know, 
outside of, you know, feelings such as anger, frustration, fear, you know, that was something that a male should not express. At least that was taught to me at early age. So some of those wounds, those traumas and dramas, you know, and, and being even even more authentic, you know, just seeing my mother struggle with drugs and alcohol and being put in situations of being abused by other men, things like that, you know, and we all have our stories, right? But again, my wounds, they wasn't dealt with. So I latched on, like I was sharing earlier, to other things to uh, lubricate those wounds, if you will, yeah. thinking about putting that Band-Aid on there, like alcohol. I started smoking at an early age. I started uh, practicing sexual activity at an early age. To be honest with you, you know, one of my greatest achievements that I feel and one of the things that I'm so passionate about is the sport of football. And God blessed me with the opportunity to be a three-sport athlete. You know, I did basketball, football, and track. I was able to go and play at the collegiate level uh, in football. But to be honest with you, Michael, that was actually a, a Band-Aid that I used for. Well, that was something that I latched on to, uh, you know, to not think about what was really going on in Saz Jackson. I'm, I'm talking about some internal stuff. Uh, but, but the only thing that I discovered with all those things that I mentioned is it was only a temporary Band-Aid, if that makes sense. It was like situation would rip that Band-Aid off and that wound would still be there. That emptiness was still going on in Chaz Jackson. So uh, going back to that car accident, that was one of the reasons, you know, amongst other things, we could talk for hours about, you know, different stories. I actually go in a little bit more in depth on my childhood. My book, Live, Learn, and Lead Powerfully. It's a team leadership guide. But to kind of paint a picture, again, that car accident, I got arrested. Fast forward into a week and a half after that accident. It was back in May of 2012 that accident occurred. But my wife now, she was my fiance at the time. I call it an MVP in my life, Michael, because she said, <laughs> she said this quote <laughs> that transitioned my, my way of thinking in a way, it, or in other words, she watered the seed that was already inside of me with what she shared. And we was outside of our lawyer's office, my lawyer's office, excuse me. And I was at a broken state, to be honest with you. You know, I had lost my job due to drinking. I lost my car. I lost my, you know, license. I was uh, on eggshells with my wife. Her name's Amy now, but she was my fiance, like I said, mentioned earlier. And I was at a broken state, yeah. you know, and and she actually shared something that, her, that the lawyer had told her when I stepped out of the presence. He told her she, to, you know, you need to leave this guy, <laughs> you know, because he's the, the road that he's going down. He's going to be in and out of jail the rest of his oh. life. And she shared that with me outside of this, this office. Mm -hmm. uh, and I asked, I was like, why don't you just leave me? I mean, look at look at the picture that's being painted. Look at the story that, that I'm uh, projecting to you. Look at how I've been treating you. You know, I haven't been treating her like, you know, someone that truly loves someone should be treated. And she said this, this quote to me, Michael. She said, I see something in you that you don't see in yourself. And for... You know, for me, man, and I'm getting cold chills even thinking about it to this day, you know, back in 2012, when she said that to me, you know, I, I was like, wow, what does she see? You know, and and, 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 I, and I marked that as a transition time for me, because after that, you know, through a lot of prayer and, and, and fellowship and 
I, I went into getting some counseling to really deal with some of those wounds that I, I expressed earlier. And I started getting good people around me. And one of the, the biggest things that happened with me, and you know me being a man of faith, I truly created an authentic relationship with God. And I just went on this, this journey, Michael, after that, of taking uh, two steps forward, three steps back, you know, failing over and over again to get to where I am in 2021. And I am so excited to say this, that I battle with that alcohol addiction uh, or that abuse. And I'm, in this upcoming June, I'll be nine years clean and sober. Congratulations. Uh, the, woman, the woman who said, I see something in you <laughs> that you don't see in yourself. She's actually my wife. She's gave me two amazing daughters. Uh, you know, God's put me in a position to share my story with other people because I truly believe that your story can be oxygen to a suffocating individual. And, and I love helping people be the hero of their story, if that makes sense, and be a champion of their story uh, through authorship and speaking and through gifting a gift and be the fuel you summon. There's so many other avenues that I'm expressing, not to impress you, but to press upon you. Uh, what God's done in my life. And, and I'm just so passionate about, you know, sharing it with other people. And we all have our stories. There's nothing unique about Chaz Jackson. But hey, if Chaz can do it, whoever's listening to us right now, you can do whatever's placed on your heart. So exactly, exactly. And I love that because you have someone there to support. A lot of people don't have that. Right. Mm. And I yeah. love the way she I, I love her words. I see something in you that you don't see in yourself. And as time went on, you began to see it for yourself. Mm. You are now a speaker. You're a coach. You're a trainer. You're an author. Most importantly, you're a husband. You are a father. And so please tell us about this journey with John Maxwell and his team. Please talk about that, because I found that very interesting. Yes, thank you. Amazing question. So a good friend of mine back in North Carolina, Bill Kill, amazing guy. He was actually the youth minister at my old church, Billmore Church, and he had planted a seed in my mind. And even going back, I actually had a John Maxwell book. Because <laughs> me and Don't my we wife, and we, 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 we had, we, we're like old souls. And, and I love yard selling, to be honest with you. And I, I picked up, I got a John Maxwell book. So I had heard a little bit about him. And I think I paid like a dollar for it. But it just sat on my shelf. I really didn't read the John Maxwell book. I had some other stuff in, in motion as far as what I was studying. But fast forwarding back to Bill, he, he had a mastermind. And he was like, Chaz, I, I see what you're doing with the youth leadership. And I see what you're doing as far as, you know, working in church. I worked with him in youth ministry and also being a deacon at the church. And he was like, do you want to do this mastermind with me? And it was one of the best decisions that I ever made. This was actually last spring. And uh, yeah, so, well, actually it was the beginning. It was before spring. It was like in February. But Long story short, I did that mastermind and I fell in love with John Maxwell's work. Uh, we actually did a mastermind on the book Leadership. So whoever's listening, if, if you are looking to grow in leadership, check out Leadership. Uh, book changed my life. And, and I was like, man, I want more. I want more. You know how it is when you eat that first Lay's potato chips. You know, you, you, you take that first, you pop that, you pop that bag, you eat that one chip. <laughs> you know you're going to go after another chip because it's, it's something that's fruitful. And, and I really, you know, love he, he's the ultimate guru. So uh, as far as that goes, man, many 
many amazing people that I've met through the John Maxwell journey. And I'm looking forward to uh, growing even more here in 2021 as I uh, get ready to get certified in some other areas with John Maxwell and continue to grow uh, in uh, in his work and as an influencer because you know I love what John says. He says yeah. leadership is influence. So mm. so so we we take that words. daily challenge of uh, grasping that. So I love that. I love that leadership is influence. Definitely, it is, and you have influenced so many along these many years that you have been speaking and mentoring and coaching others. And so you've been up in front of millions of people, I know at this time. And so what keeps you going? What keeps you motivated to continue to talk to the next person, to, to see their full potential in themselves? Wow, that's such an amazing question as well. Gosh, what keeps Chaz Jackson going? I feel like there's a different lanes or or exits I want to take with this, but this is the first thing that popped in my head. What keeps me going is my why. <laughs> so mm. is for me, when I wake up in the morning, Michael, I think about what are you going to do, Chaz Jackson, for your great-great-grandchildren? Meaning like, so not my children, obviously my wife's important. My children's important. My children's children are important. But what about my children, 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 when they look back at their great grandfather and say, what did, what did Chaz Jackson do during the pandemic? You know, what did grandpa Chaz do? Like what? Because this whole scope of, you know, this pandemic, and I know I'm sticking that out there because it's the most recent thing amongst yeah. other things, but what did he do during that time? And you know these questions are going to ask be asked, and I just I just want to leave a legacy for them to break some of those generational chains to let them know that regardless of how other people view you, that you're not a product of your environment, you're not a product of anyone else's circumstance. And I just want to set them up to be greater than me, if that makes sense. Everyone that comes in my path. You know, I want them to be better than me. I, and I don't know how to express that even more. So that's one of the things that really motivates me is thinking about, you know, me leaving that legacy for the next generation. How am I equipping uh, for them? Definitely. And I love the way you said, I've never heard that explained like that before. What can I do for my children's children's children? We're, we're, we're definitely working now to pay it forward, but I've never heard anyone say that before. And that's that's actually a good point because we always look at somewhat of the current, but never the latter. And legacy stretches far among than the present day. So I'm so glad you said that. And not only do you speak the word, but you've written the word in your different publications. Please tell us about them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And even, even tackling on more of what I do, I feel like it's really important for me to conquer my morning, if that makes sense. And, <laughs> and being a husband and a father, you know, uh, you know, that, that can vary at times. But, you know, I feel like how I conquer my morning, how I set myself up being with my affirmations, you know, getting exercise, you know, getting in the word, uh, really getting my blueprint down for in the morning because it is hard for me to even do any of those publications right or or be able to pour and serve to others if my cup's not full if that makes sense because there's been times like where I've been woke up by my kids which to be honest my my two-year-old she still wakes me up like three or four times during 
right anyway. Let's be authentic, uh, you know. But traditionally, uh, my children waking me up and me just going after the world and serving and serving and serving. If I don't get that time that morning, you know, it, I can really tell a difference in my day. So I encourage everyone that's listening right now, really think about your morning. How how, how are you tackling the world? Like, how are you filling your cup? Because that, that's one of the, the key things for me that even kind of ignite my writing, if that makes sense. So thinking about Live, Learn, Lead Powerfully, which was going out, came out in 2019, you know, after I was expressing some of those wounds that I had and those wounds started to become scars, if it made sense, because they began to heal. As I, as I got out of the counseling and I started getting good mentors, coaches around me, as I began to open books and actually read a little bit more and taking that daily challenge of, you know, growing Chaz Jackson from the inside out, I started discovering all these different, uh, you know, tips and techniques, these different things that could become solutions for problems. And the more I read, the more I consumed, there was just something. And I know it was God. He was like, man, we got to do something with this. You got to share this stuff. Like, I'm not just, I'm not just giving you these gems to just hang on to yourself. So, <laughs> so I was like, okay, okay, okay. So I met uh, Dr. Dara White. She's, she has a, a publishing firm out of uh, Georgia, amazing woman. And she actually coached me through writing my first book, Live, Learn, Lead Powerfully, a teen leadership guide. I tell everybody that that book is strategically designed to align anyone's mind towards greatness. I truly believe that. And yeah, so to be honest, as I continue to learn, I, I was like, man, I got to create something, you know, it, it might not change everyone's life, but if, if anyone uh, picked that book up and uh, learned to, you know, adopt some of those tips and techniques that, uh, you know, for me, you know, worked for me to help me overcome the alcohol abuse, helped me to build that self-esteem, helped me build some self-worth for myself, helped me to build the confidence to be able to share my story, if that makes sense. And I'm still taking a daily challenge on learning how to, you know, say, uh, share my story and be able to, you know, help other people grow to their greatest version. But <clears throat> yeah, so with that, and I also want to mention this to your audience as well. Um, Chip Baker, a phenomenal individual. He's, he's a part of the Success Chronicles. Amazing, amazing guy. He reached out to me at the end of last year and we came together with 15 other men, uh, well, 17 together, 15 others plus men, Chip, and we created a book. <laughs> it's called The Impact of Influence, and that will be released next month on the 27th. Yeah, so uh, complication. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so we all came in, write a chapter, sharing our story and how we have uh, been in a position to influence others and create other influencers, if that makes sense. So super excited about that. And and lastly, since we own the whole book run and the writing, uh, guys actually led me to actually publish a book in my cousin's name. So I actually lost my cousin to a car accident last October. And after, you know, serving 12 years in prison, he really wanted to get out and make a change with his life. And he had reached out to me and said, hey, Chaz, I want to write a book. I seen you wrote a book and I want to write a book. But again, he, he lost his life. But I want to continue his legacy on publishing that book in his name. Uh, his mother actually found his manuscripts that he had 
and uh, or his writings. And, you know, I'm in in pursuit of having that book released. So it's called uh, Through the Eyes of Calvin Watkins, and that's going to be targeted towards uh, youth leadership as well. So, yeah, I know that's a, a, a lot of meat for each and all of you guys, but definitely the writing is going to continue for 2021, and I'm excited about uh, you know, doing the impact of influence that will be released next month and also through the eyes of Calvin Watkins coming out in September of this year. So September 19th, that's actually going to be on his birthday. So you guys be looking out for that. That's amazing. That is just amazing. Not only are you continuing your legacy for the lives of others, which is very humane. Thank you. Thank you for that. We appreciate you for that. How can they find you on social media? And then also, how can they all get these awesome publications that you have? Yeah, so uh, I'm on all social media. You can find me at Chaz Jackson Speaks. Official website is chazjacksonspeaks.org. Uh, links are in those descriptions on all those social media platforms. Uh, you can find Live Learn Lead powerfully on Amazon, all the other platforms. We have pre-orders available for the impact of influence right now. So you can go to chazashenspeech.org, place your pre-order, or you can go to any one of my social media links. And I have links on social media for you guys to check out that, that whole book as well. And as well as all the others, check out Gift and the Gift. You guys specifically go and check out episode 29, This Giant of a Man, Michael Finkley. He brought some amazing gems and jewels. So definitely go check that episode out. I'm so excited to have, have him on that show and, and inspire the audience. And also be on the lookout for Be the Fuel Youth Summit. So this will be the second year for that summit where a group of speakers, where we talk about personal development, we talk about financial uh, um, you know, literacy, we talk about uh, fitness and health. So just an amazing platform. It's a virtual platform. It will be coming out in April of 20. But last year's uh, summit is still up and running. So go and get that, Jules, so you can check that out at BeTheFuelYouthSummit.com. So check that out. Amazing, amazing gems and value uh, for young people, teachers, coaches, parents, youth advocates, each and every one of you can find some value out of that summit. So, uh, yeah, and the new one will be coming in this upcoming April. So, yeah, so definitely. And also, last, yeah, yeah. And lastly, man, you can, you can, you can, you can always find me through this gentleman right here. So, <laughs> if you want to get in contact with them, I know how. And I tell you, his podcast is like no other. It is very pure. It's very authentic. He has some awesome information with awesome guests. I'm telling you, go listen to Gift in a Gift podcast. You will not be disappointed. I tell you, this brother right here has been through a lot, but yet he still rises. He is none other than Chaz Jackson. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you, sir. I'm just not college material. I am tired of school. I'm just not sure what I want to do after graduation. Sound familiar? Welcome to the Prelo Educational Institute. Our focus is to help young people prepare for life after high school. It's never too early to start planting the seed for education, career, and life overall. 
The Prelo Educational Institute is made up of the following two products. The first product is the book titled I Ain't Going to College, A Guide for Life After High School. This is the first book of a series that introduces middle and high school students to a young man struggling to find his way and make the decision about whether attending college is the right choice for him or not. The book has questions inside and a supplemental curriculum can also be purchased. The newest product from the Prelo Educational Institute is our online course titled Preparing for Life After High School. In this course, students will learn about decision-making, self-confidence, accountability, self-awareness, and many other topics that speak to social-emotional learning. Young people will read a story about a young man who never gave up no matter what the circumstances were. The course is interactive and has questions, quizzes, and video. Do not wait until your child or student is a senior in high school to start planning. Enroll today. To enroll and learn more, please visit www.speakerauthormarlow.com. Looking for a mentoring program for your young male between the age of 6 and 18 in Columbia, South Carolina? Well, look no further. Big Homie, Little Homie Mentoring Program is the program for you. Under the leadership of Mr. Jamal Stroud, Big Homie Little Homie is a 50C3 nonprofit organization that caters and mentors at-risk youth that come from single-parent homes. The organization caters to young males between the ages of 6 and 18 within the Greater Columbia area. The organization is devoted to shaping and molding their life into great men of society. Big Homie Little Homie organizes male gatherings, discussions, and even educational assistance devoted to guiding and leading them into a positive light. Making a positive attitude will help in transforming life regardless of what is experienced in life. For more information on Big Homie Little Homie Mentoring Program, visit our social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Welcome back to the Michael Finkley Show. Now for our Black History Moment today, we have Arthur, speaker, trainer, mentor. Y'all, the list goes on because this man is great. We have Anthony Bryant with us. Anthony, thank you for being with us today. Man, thank you for having me, Michael. I appreciate it, brother. Oh, you're very welcome. Very welcome. So, Anthony, let's go back. Let's go back to Savannah, Savannah, Georgia. Tell us what, what life was like in that time for you. Sure, man. Growing up in Savannah, Georgia, uh, was was a time of, of just happiness as far as uh, growing up in projects, so to speak. Uh, you know, you don't know when you're poor, in a, in a sense. So I've been raised in a in a Christian uh, home and attended my grandfather's church in that time. So the Bryants are well known in the Savannah area. Okay. Uh, so our life was great. Uh, as, as I said, growing up, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad was a, a truck driver. And so uh, it was just great coming home every day from school and having my mom there with, with food cooked and all of those great things that encompass all that. Yeah. Gotcha. And I'm the second oldest of eight siblings. What? Yes, brother. Whoa, a lot of y'all. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. Yes. Amazing, amazing. And it's coming from that type of background is I see it's very wholesome, very peaceful, very loving. So as time goes on for you, you begin to serve in our, our army. Thank you so much for your service and also as an officer. So why the military and why go into law enforcement? Well, you know, military provided a great platform for me at that time mm -hmm. uh, in my life. I was um, 18 years old and with a baby on the way. Wow. Yes. My high school sweetheart at that time, uh, uh, she was pregnant with, with my daughter in her 12th grade year. I had just graduated and I said, you know what? I can do both. Instead of just going straight to college, I can go to military mm -hmm. and allow them to kind of uh, pay for for that as well. So um, that's what I did after after high school. I married my high school sweetheart, and uh, we I joined the military and mm -hmm. I traveled around the world. Lived in Germany, and I was in Germany when the wall came down that divided. Oh, East really? Oh, yeah. So I'll part of history a little oh. bit. Yeah, yeah. So, Crazy. Uh, yeah. And you transitioned from that. Yeah. So you served eight years, correct? Yes, I served eight years in the Army, and then afterwards, uh, I worked as a correction officer for a few years, mm -hmm. and then and then a deputy sheriff, and then a county uh, slash highway patrolman uh, uh, during that time, yes. Gotcha. And so, yeah. we traveled down the Yellowbrick Road a little bit more within the life of Anthony, and yeah. some things happened. I, I love to talk about the good and the bad in life because they all make us who we are, right? Exactly. And so you ended up doing time. So you went from an officer to an inmate. How does that happen, Anthony? Well, you know, it's about choices. And this is what my national platform is about called Split Second. Mm -hmm. uh, www.splitsecond.com is talk about making right choices. And uh, in my career was a great officer, a made officer of the year and all of that, and um, did really well in all my evaluations. And a situation came about um, when uh, my oldest brother, he was also a city cop. He was a city cop. And um, it was a situation where the FBI was coming down and they were um, infiltrating to be, you know, high level drug dealers. Right. And they wanted to know how many officers will be willing to uh, provide protection for them. They told these officers that they didn't have to see any drugs, touch any drugs, sell any drugs. All they had to do was protect them as they traveled up and down the highways and through the city. And uh, they recruited my brother. At that time, I didn't know. My brother came to me uh, with this scenario. And initially, I told him no. But eventually, uh, I did it. I, I failed for it. So I, I've manned up. I've, I've taken that. And uh, I've allowed these individuals who I thought were uh, high-level drug dealers, they were actually undercover FBI agents, uh, seeing who would take the bait of officer. When they all went out, uh, 10, 10, 11 officers got caught up in that sting operation. And I served 10, 10 in almost 10 and a half years in a federal prison. Yeah. Ten and a half years. And, and so within that time frame of 10 and a half years, what was going through your mind? What kind of changes were made for yourself spiritually, physically, mentally? Take us through that. Well, it definitely reconnected me to my faith. You know, my mom, you know, bless her soul. She was the mate. She was the glue of the family, uh, uh, of course. And, you know, she would always say, son, you've accomplished a lot of things in your life. But what does it profit a man to gain the whole world? And, lose, and she, she raised up on that. And, but, you know, you're young and 
you have all that power and position as a young man. And uh, I, did, I didn't listen. I, I strayed so far away from my upbringing. Uh, uh, freedom now uh, from, the, from the upbringing of the church and so to speak. So uh, I did my own thing, thought my own thing. And uh, the rug had to be pulled under my feet for me to realize uh, and, and uh, that um, uh, I, needed, I needed God. Right. I definitely needed God. Yes. And I see that he's kept you. He has kept you these many years. And currently now to say so positively that you are the first African-American to hold an executive level position in a 40-year-old company. Please tell us about this awesome opportunity. Yes, this is it. Well, when I, uh, when I got out of prison in 2008, I relocated to Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, through there, you know, God has just been excelling me. Um, unbelievable, insurmountable odds. I mean, and uh, he, when he said to me back in that prison cell, when I was going thinking about contemplating killing myself, that uh, at least that six, seven, eight better than any other thing than the beginning. Oh my gosh, I am the living testimony of that now. You know, he allowed me to have positions in the school system uh, and, and working at the district level. Uh, uh, being a case manager for like veterans, homeless veterans. And this recent position is, is just unbelievable. I mean, you can see the joy in my face. Uh, but in 1979, it was a retired Air Force uh, fighter pilot by the name of Joe Grimaud. And he started uh, Grimaud Enterprises. Today, fast forward to 2021, um, Grimaud Enterprises is the largest area developer a precision tools that are uh, responsible for franchising, developing and maintaining auto care centers throughout the United States, which they have over 90 and counting right now. So I've joined their organization in, two, in January 4th uh, this year as their leadership training director, the first African-American to hold an exec, or to be on the executive team executive leadership team of an organization and in an over 40 year of existence. So God is doing some mighty things that this company is a Christian based company, a family business um, that is operated on Christian values and family values, uh, Christian principles and family values. So it, it's, it's just a win-win for me. It's a win-win for them. And uh, we're like family. We really are. Yeah. Amazing. And congratulations, my brother. Congratulations. And I know that within this position, as you have done with your, your past positions, you're going to do well. You're definitely you. going to do well. And as you said before, too, not only are you making history, but you're leaving a legacy. You talk about your organization. But please yeah. talk about this awesome, awesome book, Both Sides of the Bar. It's birthed from, um, you know, my childhood, goes into my childhood and uh, talks about my life as a law enforcement officer, all the accolades I received and so forth, but how one wrong choice can alter the course of your life. I've been recently, well, last year, uh, the 700 Club heard about my story and they came and did a good little clip on me, interviewed me and everything. And I'll, I'll give you the link to that as well. Yeah, they did a reenactment of, of what happened to me and all of that. So it was really great. And uh, it's actually in the hands of a, of a, of a movie producer as we speak in hopes of a possible movie or documentary type deal. Wow. Yeah, yeah. If so God's I got you, man. I got you, Michael. Yeah, so this this came birth 
from that from from a lot of the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it also is a workbook. God has opened a door to where now, uh, you know, sometimes God will take what appears to be your misery and turn it into a ministry. I get to teach law enforcement officers ethics training workshops that I do through my organization. I'm a, I'm a national speaker with youth, churches, uh, colleges on, once again, making right choices and, and split-second decisions that can alter the course of your life. You can do everything so right and positive in your life, but, but it only takes one wrong choice to kill a thousand attaboys. So uh, we, we got to be careful. So my platform is dealing with that because I did everything right. I, was, I had the American dream. And one, one wrong choice, one wrong decision killed all those accolades that, that, that I had, and it didn't mean a difference. So, uh, yeah. Wow. But my, my joy is working with law enforcement as well. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, wow. Please tell us how we can learn more about your platform and also to how to purchase that awesome book. Yeah, it's, it's on Amazon. The book is on Amazon. And... Uh, I'm at www.split, that's S-P-L-I-T, the number two, Indy, as in second, dot org. And that's my website. And uh, for speaking engagements and all of that, you have a comment box on there. And uh, you can reach out to me like that. All yeah. right. You're here, everybody. Truly, Anthony Bryant is a Black history moment. Anthony, thank you so much for being with us today and telling your stories, your experience, and of course, your knowledge. Thank you. Love you, brother. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Thank you. Thank yes, you. we'll hear from you, brother. Thank you. Yes. What's up, what's up, everybody? This is Ryan Toby. You know me from Sister Act 2, Mr. Oh Happy Day, and the hit R&B group City High. I'm welcoming everybody to join in, tune into the Michael Finkley Show on YouTube and also on the Greater Works Network on Roku TV. Don't forget to subscribe. On the next Michael Finkley, American Idol edition, we have Trinice and Chip Days. Next thing, Wednesday. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Michael Finkley Show. I hope that you learned something from our guest today. Thank you, Shawnee. Thank you, Chaz. Thank you, Anthony, for being with us and telling your stories in your own words. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Keep inspiring and keep motivating and keep aiming higher towards your own personal success. Thank you so much for being on. So on next week, y'all, I am so excited. We're doing a Where Are They Now? Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So three entities, y'all. American's Next Top Model, American Idol, and also my all-time favorite growing up, Power Rangers. Power Rangers. I had to do it, y'all. Had to do it. Got to see where they are, what they're doing, what they're up to. And so American Next Top Model starts us off on Monday. So we have Adam, and we also have Renee from Season 20. Season 20 of America's Next Top Model. A week you don't want to miss. Come back, y'all. Come back. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel with Michael Finkley Show. Ring that bell for notification. We'll see an email saying, hey, new content uploaded. Also, please listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And for up-to-date information about our show, please visit our website at michaelfinkleyshow.com. Y'all, it's the weekend. Enjoy yourselves. But come back on Monday and check out next week. Promise you, you won't be disappointed. Have a good one.